This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all, it's Jamie from the BHP Podcast. Wanted to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors, Skullhooker Racks, Inc., Vanguard Outdoors, Beyond the Ears, Crossman, and Stealth Cam. These sponsors are the rock behind our awesome podcast. Make sure and check them out. Now, on to the show. Hey, guys, we hope you're really enjoying the show. The BHP Podcast has been so much fun. If you are, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes and SoundCloud. It'd be so helpful, and it really does go a long way. As usual, thank you for your support and listening to the BowHunterPlanet.com podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. Uh, I'm joined here with Dave Thomas, Jason Dumas, and Tim. The Bowserana. <laughs> Tim got it. Got Tim's, it. Tim's, All right, anyway. Tim's uh, still here. What's the title today? What are we doing? We're talking about beginning an archery. Are you still freaking out about that wasp? No, I was over there. Beginning archery. So beginning archery and what it what it really takes to get yourself ready. So I guess you guys had a, had a podcast, I haven't listened to it yet, about getting out and hunting right it was it was it was really about like if you're brand new to hunting like what am i going into the store and what am i buying right what what are my first purchases that i'm making that are necessities for the hunting right Mm -hmm. so this one i think what we really wanted to focus on is okay we got the equipment you got you got the shoes you got the boot you know the the boots the 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 clothing and all that stuff but what about the bow because the bow is a very specific topic that can take a long time to talk about, especially if we're geeking out with Krishner. Oh. Um, but that's what we really wanted to focus on is if I, if I'm, if I'm a new consumer, not just going into the bro shop and being like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. What do I get? What am I thinking about before I even get in there? What should be my thoughts? What should be my questions? You know, all that kind of stuff. So when you go into a pro shop or, or your dealer or anywhere near and you're, and you're, you're looking to buy a bow, you have to have a dollar figure in mind. That's the most important thing. I mean, because that's one of the questions I'm going to ask as a, because I'm going to come from this as like, I don't want to say the salesman aspect, but from the, from the bow tech aspect. So well, I'm going to come You don't want to start focusing on something that they can't even afford and waste your time right. or their time. I right? mean, if you come in, you say, I've got $900 to spend on a bow. I might grab a $900 bow and hand it to you and say, here's a $900 bow. But if you don't tell me what's super important to you or you don't tell me 900 is all I have, I have to put a whole package together for you, That that's going to really right. help. I mean, because let's be honest, what's the number one reason for buyer's remorse? You spend way more than you expected to spend, and right. now you're starting to feel that. But if you have a budgeted amount, that's great. And then, But the other thing is be open to what else is out there. Absolutely. Um, the most important thing you can do is finding a bow that, if you're brand new to it, that has some kind of adjustment to it. There's some bows out there that have tons of adjustment, but 
What do you mean by adjustment? Elaborate. Poundage adjustment, draw length adjustments, things like that. There's some bows out there that have, like, okay. for for example, like take PSE for example, the, the, like the new Expedite for example. That's their flagship. That one has goes from 24 to 30. So you got tons of draw length adjustments. So what are the okay? So let, let's take it back for a second. Let's just mm-hmm. say this: walking into a store, and I get your comments, uh-huh. but I don't even know draw link right. what does that mean right right i walk into a bow shop for the first time and i'm like oh, i want to shoot a bow it sounds like fun i'm gonna go out and buy me a bow mm-hmm. um, ask you, you know i'm thinking yeah I'm, I'm thinking i'm thinking or, or or let's say it let's not say i'm walking in a store i'm buying it online right so i there's no input from from anybody whatsoever okay i don't even know what a draw length is so what what is i mean like i think that's what we kind of want to drill down drill down in it so let me is, say this if what you, is it how yeah. do i find it what what do i do so draw length can be measured one of three ways. One, you can take your wingspan, divide it by two and a half, and that's your draw length. So say you have like, for now example, that's literally finger, finger to strip. middle finger to middle finger. Yep. So take your arms out to the side, nice and relaxed. You don't want to be stretching really, really far. You just want your shoulders nice and low, just regular wingspan, like you're reaching out, holding that position in a T. So whatever that measurement is, I think I'm. If I remember correctly, 72. Let me see this. Yeah, I think it's like I think I'm like 74 inches, which puts me at about 29 and a quarter. So 74 divided by two and a half puts you at about 29. See, I didn't know that. I mean, that's so pretty that, interesting. That's one of the tricks. Um, another trick is you can take those. Like Easton makes a measuring arrow. You can take that, put that in your in that little divot on your throat. Reach your arms out, nice and relaxed. Whatever you touch, number wise on that. That's if you're at a pro shop. That's a nice little trick to do it. Couple people take your wingspan uh, divided by or minus fifteen divided by two. All of these get you in the ballpark. They are not your exact draw length. When I measure it, I measure it twenty nine. When I shoot a bow comfortably, I'm twenty nine and three quarters. That's really what I find. So that's going to be your ballpark starting point. So if you get a bow close to that, okay. So is that with release, without release? That's with a release. Okay. That's typically it doesn't matter release. which release. Doesn't matter which release. Typically, you're gonna have to fine tune that stuff. If you're if you're really worried about which release, honestly, or what the draw length does to the release, then you're gonna want to go to a pro shop and have that person assist you in setting it up. That's really where that really boils down to. Releases are so personal that it's very hard purchase online. Right. So I would recommend going to a, either. Either a Cabela's, a Beyond the Ears, an MJC, a More Archery. I wouldn't trying, have thought it, that at all. Well, trying to shoot that because it, it can be dangerous too like, if you're not Take your hand tall. and bend your fingers. If you take your hand and bend your fingers and you look at your hand and you look at my hand, you can tell yeah. right there that our hands are not the same yeah. shape at my, all. My middle finger, <laughs> for some reason, doesn't go down when well, I do that. That's a crossbow thing, I guess. <laughs> But if you see, like... It's better when you're shooting a crossbow. Your, <laughs> your hand does not look exactly like mine. My fingers are thinner. Your fingers are bigger. Right. Like, y- things are going to fit in your hand differently. Did you just call me a fatty? I did. That's why you shoot a crossbow. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Dave's shooting. Dave shooting right outside the studio door. Your We're fingers, all scared right now. Your fingers are big bone. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, with, and with that being said, a release that fits me fantastic might not fit you fantastic. The way uh, a shot that I uh, a release that I like the way well, it that's shoots. true because I don't think I can yeah. ever shoot the release that you shoot. Right, it's smaller. It's yeah. smaller and it's set like it's set very very light. A lot of people don't like my release because they don't shoot it the way I shoot it. So what that boils down to a lot of is get out there, try a couple releases, borrow your buddy's release, borrow his buddy's release, go to your 
Go to your shop, try them out. Go to the range, try out a couple. Ask people if you can try their release. Find some things that are going to fit you really, really well. And then have your bow adjusted. I mean, the things you're going to have to buy, let's go through the things you're going to have to buy. You're going to have to buy a bow. Right. You're going to have to buy an arrow rest. You're going to have to buy a sight. You're going to have to buy a quiver, apparently. Just kidding. No. Yeah. You don't need to buy a quiver, but you need you need a bow, you need a rest, you need a sight, and you need a release. What about a stabilizer? You don't need a stabilizer. A that. You don't need them. Why? They're not imperative to a beginner archer. A, a beginner, see, every, a, as, a, as time goes, like, one of the things I like to say to people, people say, when am I ready for this? When am I ready for that? When can I buy this? When can I buy that? The answer to that is, is when you can afford it. That's, that's the realistic truth. If you can... If you can afford a ultra high end release, buy it. If I you guess can, it's like yeah. golf, right? So mm-hmm. you're out there, you're just learning to sh- to play golf, and you can buy a fifty dollar sleeve of balls, or you can buy a ten dollar sleeve. Is it yep. going to impact your right. game that much because you're not that? Yeah, you, no, it's like an esport: fishing poles, yeah. you know, yeah. tennis ball rackets, all of that stuff. It's like yeah, so, I can go out there and I can buy value to see if I like it and see how it feels. And then you get the kind of the niche feel, right? right like, exactly. what do I really like? What do I really want to do? Well, and that's um, the thing is some people some people do that. There's 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 two types of buyers out there. I think there's the type of buyer that says, you know what, I want to get my feet wet and I want to try this, and I don't want to go broke doing it. That's the kind of guy that maybe comes in with a budget of like in archery. Honestly, that budget might look like three four hundred dollars. To be mm-hmm. honest, I mean that's your entry is level that realistic? budget. You can get you can probably get a used bow for about three hundred dollars, and and you can shop around. It all depends on how hard you try shopping around. But four to five hundred dollars gets you started in the sport if you really want to go that low. I mean, you can go to and then that's that's at pro shop bows. These aren't these aren't junk bows. They're entry level bows. Now, say you have a that that guy who only shoots the best, only wants the best. He's not wasting time buying. Cheap stuff just to try it out. He's gonna show off I'm gonna to his buddy. This. I'm gonna yeah, do this. He's, right. like, I'm he's gonna also do the guy that's gonna buy a new bow every year. Yeah, he might be the guy that buys a new bow every <laughs> year, but he's the guy who's gonna walk in and say, "I don't care how much it costs. I want the best." Those are the people that you got to be the most scared of as a dealer. Yeah. Because that guy that comes in that says, "I don't care how much it costs. I want the best bow you have here." I might grab what, in my opinion, is the best bow there. And it's there. the worst bow to and him. And it's the worst bow to him. Yeah. And he's going to buy that bow, and he's going to have nothing but trouble with it. He can't hit the broadside of a barn, whereas the best bow for him might have been a bow that was $200 cheaper. Right. So yeah, what I point. always tell people is, I'm like, you know what? If, if archery is really something that you decide that you really want to do, the best bet you can go, go with is shoot every single bow that you can, and every single bow that a dealer will set up for you. Set it up, shoot it. Once you define the bows that you really, really like, then you can turn around and 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 pick out what what's your price budget. You know what I mean? If you like, I've had a guy that came in the other day that shot a bow. He shot a thousand dollar bow. He shot a five hundred dollar bow, and he shot a, a bow that we had for three fifty that was um, on sale. It was a it was a nine hundred dollar bow that was on sale for three fifty. He loved that thousand dollar bow. Like he was in love with the draw cycle, the way it felt, absolutely everything. He didn't have a thousand dollars to spend. Right. So, oh, yeah. so then he took the. Then he went into the decision of like, okay, what do I like about this bow? Do I like? Is the draw cycle important to me? Is the poundage, the adjustability? So then we said, okay, well, if you go with this bow here, which is a little cheaper, it's going to have this, this, and this, but it doesn't have this. These are the things that don't matter to you. So the fact that those are gone. 
you can you, f- you can find a bow in your budget that's going to work for you. It's, Do you recommend packaged bows or no? I don't. I think the $100 you pay for a package really doesn't... I mean, that, that's the average markup for a package is $100 in a sight rest and a quiver and a stabilizer and a wristling. I mean, Which those, means you're not really getting every, every beginner right. wants to know, how can I get this in a package? Because they're, they're looking at savings, right? But it yep. might not be the best thing. Well, I think mm-hmm. that's part of it. The other part of it is they're looking at not making that many decision points. That too. Well, well, I, I, mean, I just want to hit the ground running, shooting. Right. And well, the right. package deal usually, I mean, I would say the majority of the package deals I've ever seen, the site's usually the downer on it. Like the Whisker yeah. Biscuit, whisker if you're biscuit okay works. with the Whisker, you're fine. So yeah, that's fine. I think the biggest thing is the site. You're usually getting a plastic-type site mm-hmm. on the package ones. Uh, maybe metal, but it's usually not a very good right. one. It's usually the lowest end of any brand that makes a site, you know. And I've had sites actually snap and the metal mm-hmm. break. But it's not just about snapping. It's about being able to site it in and how easy yeah, it how is. Yeah, how easy is it to use. Mm-hmm. So I, what I, I always I, tell people when they come in and they want to buy a package board, they want to keep their prices down, a package is a great way to go if you want to keep the cost down. So buying a package, I will always try to upsell somebody for a site. Mainly because that's yeah. the biggest failure point. I mean, the the 90% of the time that you're shooting your bow, you're sighting it in. Let's be honest. Everybody's always tweaking on their sight, moving things, filing things in, getting them getting them more accurate. If you can't do that, then, I mean, that that's 90% of practice is, is getting right. better and getting more accurate. So if it's hard for you to adjust so that sight or on, you can wear on, it out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold what on, you're hold saying on. is that I can't just walk in a bow, walk, walk in the store, buy it, get it fully set up, Walk out and kill something without shooting it no. and practicing? That's what crossbows are for. <laughs> oh, <you> <laughs> 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 I'm out. Probably. <laughs> I, got so t- I got Tim to crossbow. <laughs> it's the first time it's I ever cheating. wanted to literally walk out on this podcast. Tim totally you just not just say that. Tim totally just threw a head. Well, you owe it to the animal to practice. I think that's I, important. I, I, you know, I mean, and I I mean Chris, even crossbows, you should practice yeah. with them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's a must. He's you have to. <laughs> We're not going there. We can save we that talk, for another time. Here. I know you're joking. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Like honestly, there I'm is not no. Joking. You know as well as I do that there is crossbows are just as hard to shoot. There is absolutely zero part of the archery sport, whether you talk about crossbows, bows, vertical bows, or whatever that that what that vertical crossbow thing. There is no part of this sport that does not require you to practice. The, uh, honestly. All right, so let's go through the checklist. So yep. I just want to oh make sure God. we're clear. <laughs> I was giving you the I was giving you the silent treatment. I hope it worked. Uh, let's go through the checklist. So you have <laughs> oh. a, you have a bear bow, you have a sight, you a bear have a bow or a bear bow. No, a bear is in B A R E. So you have, or a bear B A R if you want a bear bow. But you have a bow, <laughs> so you need a bow. You're going to need a sight. You need a, a quiver let's just go through the hunting setup okay so you're going to have a bow you're going to have a rest which can be either a whisker biscuit which fully encapsulates the arrow so it can't fall out you can do a um, drop away which is probably most recommended i assume what's for that a drop away is going to be where you fire the arrow and the rest drops out of the way as it comes forward meaning that nothing touches the arrow as it goes through the riser what's the benefit of that Speed, increased speed, tunability allows probably, the arrow to flex a little bit more. It's just going on its own arrow, just and that's it's basically like a whisker biscuit because 
your veins are hitting. And touching the whole way. So you yeah. have friction mm-hmm. the whole way, just like a crossbow when you go off the rail. I'm just playing devil's advocate. That's fine. Yeah. So uh, what other kind of rests? The there's dropway. There's, um, you have blade styles, but blade. I would never recommend those yeah, for a beginner. Whisker biscuits are great for entry. Or it's like I an mean, octane. So octane's got, it's, it's a vari- like a whisker biscuit variation, variation it. but it only holds the arrow in a couple spots. doesn't have vein contact. Yeah, and so it basically keeps the veins from touching. Um, so you need that. You need a sight. Your sights can be like things we talk about. Listen to the sight podcast if you missed it. We go through all the varieties of sights there. Um, you need a quiver generally for hunting because you're going to have broadheads and you got to protect yourself. So um, mm-hmm. they, they usually come in three, four, five, and seven, I believe. Um, you're going to need a release. Um, now, with a release, I have shot the cheapest releases to the best. I recommend something in the middle for me. Uh, I've always liked True Ball and True Fire. I've been fine with either of those brands or Scotts. Those are all been in my mind for hunting. If you're doing a, there's so the release has two different options. Well, maybe three, but there's the handle, there's the wrist, and then there's the handle that has the uh, where it automatically fires the like a back tension. Back tension, which I don't think is really recommended for hunting necessarily, but our target archers might. Yeah, use I mean it. it's it's. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't it. recommend new, it for a beginner to beginner. hunt. You, yeah. don't, you shouldn't even shoot it. I've shot walls with this thing at first. Now I'm good with it. But when I first got it, I was like, oh, what is this thing? <laughs> Smoke the wall. I'm not done. Hold on. You need broadheads. I love so how da- there's like, a fixed blade mechanical. and just takes over the podcast. Yes, because I just want to make sure we're listing out. The things are Man. listed. Uh, and then you are, uh, so as a beginning we're archer. two minutes in, and he's like, okay, go ahead. I got the look. Uh, so we said, anything I'm missing in that? No, I think that's for You forgot stabilizer, but we already talked yeah, about so it. Yeah, so stabilizer. No, but we already talked So I know, Chris, that you don't either. have to have it. I get it. Uh, but usually a hunter has some but sort of stabilizer. Maybe for looks. I don't know. I'm not going to suggest I know what I'm talking about there. But I always have a 3 to 6 inch generally. I know they have like a 9 and 12, whatever. Let me say this. With, stable, with stabilization, the one. It's like just a here, here's the best. Here's the best. <laughs> here's the best rule of thought. Oh. 8 inches and under. <laughs> Is not for stabilization. Eight Correct. inches and under is a pure vibration. Vibration. Design. That's what I was thinking. Though. I was going to suggest that a... I'll take any stabilizer just to help vibrate the the riser with the vibration. Yeah. I can't stop. <laughs> Ooh, Why do we have a cross? Uh, okay, so we got the stab. Anything else? That's it for the bow. That's it for the bow. All right, so let me like. Can and I? I'm not can done I? Yet. No, I, uh, you other, are done. I got something podcast. to say. I don't want to. I, I don't want to lose this. Oh spot. no, you are done. I want to bring this back for a second because one thing that I really wanted to talk about is speed. And as a new hunter, you hear a lot of talk about how fast bows are. Mm-hmm. How much does that really matter versus the poundage? You know, and all that. So that that's what I, I want to spend just a minute talking about that. So with then we can get back to whatever Dave wants to talk about. I'm good. Here's an approximate. <laughs> Every inch of draw length below thirty inches loses ten feet per second. Every hold on, let me fact let me, check every needed. Inch. Fact check needed. Okay, loses. T- okay, got it. So every inch loses ten feet per second. Okay. And every, I think it's every pound loses three. Don't quote me on that, but it's approximately that every pound loses three to six feet per second, depending on the bow system. That doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot, but there. Say you say you have a seventy pound bow. You got it turned down to sixty. That's ten pounds. That's thirty feet per second. If you're shooting a monster buck, yeah, it but if it's matter. rated for three hundred and sixty, so let, let's, let's say instead, this: is the that mo- really so a big deal? Here's I guess here's, that's my point. Here's the big thing about bow speed. When it boils down to it, two hundred and seventy to two hundred and ninety feet per second is as fast as you want to be shooting a bow with any broadhead. In want my to? in my opinion, or yes. need to want to. 
270 to 290 is, is the fastest you want a broadhead flying out of your bow. Now, does it matter whether it's fixed or whether it's mechanical? In my opinion, it doesn't matter. I think that's okay. that's as so fast why, as I why? want to bow. So the reason being is is because when and this is getting a little technical, but when you have a a broadhead on the front of your bow or in the front of your arrow, it is creating an airfoil. If that airfoil is not perfectly straight or it's not aligned perfectly, you haven't done everything you possibly can to make sure that that broadhead is perfectly straight off the tip of your arrow, it is going to create some sort of variation on your shot, and it will not group accordingly. Now, is that coming from the target side of you, or is that coming from the hunter That's side pretty accurate. I've heard that. No, before. this is coming. This is this is the, the this, this is brought to you by the target <laughs> or industry, making the hunting industry more accurate. That's that's really but what I'm saying. All I'm saying is this: like you expect when I buy an arrow, it's straight. When I screw in a broadhead, it's straight. You, you're right. You do. Now, when you what happens is is you have a lot of things built into your arrow that are designed to make your arrow more accurate, right? So if I take the veins and slice them off your arrow and shoot your arrow next to one with veins, what happens? More distance. You get you get better accuracy. You get better flight out of the one with a vein. You get better better more consistent accuracy with the one out of the vein. Why? Because there's stabilization to that. Turns it. Yeah, it turns it, spins, stabilizes it, does that. Now, if you take that same arrow. Like here's is a perfect it like example. A bullet? Yeah, when it comes out, it goes, it goes, it doesn't move at first, and all of a sudden it starts turning, and it goes really fast. The blazer vein at three it's degrees awesome. helical starts spinning at thirty six inches in front of the riser. It's pretty cool. Yeah, because it'll come off. I saw it in super slow motion. It actually doesn't do anything right away, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it starts going. Yeah, thirty six inches sick. in front of the bow, it will start doing a full spin. So, so when you have those variances in the front, like target archers are really specific, and we just shoot a a field tip, a basically a glue-in field tip. We're very particular on the front of the arrow shaft being completely perpendicular and flat. If it's not, we can have variances on the shot. So by doing this stuff, you're making your platform more accurate. Now, what, with the speed thing, where the speed thing comes into it, when you start going over 300 feet per second or over that 290 feet per second, what you're doing is you're making that airfoil that that broadhead's creating bigger. Okay. You understand? It's like it's like yep. the whole. Wind. You're pushing it out farther. Yeah, you're basically it's what what, what might be a out. small wind mm-hmm. stream is now a big wind stream mm-hmm. that could actually cause the back of the arrow to not be as effective at stabilizing the shot because it can't catch the air. Because it can't catch the air, or it's too there's too much uh, variable to the air that's coming off the vein. So with that being said, that that's the big thing about mechanicals. That's why mechanicals people say are more accurate. It's because they create a smaller airfoil than a standard fixed blade broadhead. Interesting. Now, a well-tuned fixed blade will shoot just as well as a well-tuned mechanical. That's really what it boils down to. Now, once you start getting to those higher rates of speed, what I, what, you'll hear the joke around and people get angry when I say this sometimes. All speed does is make you miss faster. <laughs> that's, that's all it does. But for me, when I look at the speed of a bow, like take, a, take the Expedite, for example. The Expedite's 360 feet per second. Right. All that tells me is I can shoot less poundage and a heavier arrow faster. Right. Good way to look at it. So That's I mean, like so if yeah. so, yeah. We, I know that at seventy at seventy pounds at thirty inches, that bow shoots a three hundred and fifty grain arrow at three hundred and sixty feet per second. Now, if I shoot a uh, now if I shoot a hundred grain heavier arrow and I shoot a four hundred and fifty grain arrow. I could still be close to 290. I could shoot 60 pounds and shoot a 400 grain arrow and still shoot close to 290. I could be more comfortable. I can get the same performance, or I can get better performance with a heavier arrow. So what? What really? What I'm hearing is is that 
and, and to, absolutely correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Your draw length should kind of dictate how much poundage. No. Uh, the the answer really is is your physical ability to pull that poundage comfortably determines your poundage. It has absolutely okay. nothing to do with it because. But let's can, let's say I can pull as many you, pounds as I want. If you can pull seventy pounds comfortably, which I know there's people out there that are shooting 80, not 90 me. pound bows. But if it's you can, me, but, but if you can shoot seventy pounds comfortably, shoot seventy pounds. If you can't shoot seventy pounds comfortably sitting in a chair. At minus yeah, but 10 to your degrees. Point, if if I'm a 30 inch draw length, mm-hmm. I don't want to shoot 70. Why not? I want because I want to decrease that speed to under 300 feet. Shoot per a heavier second. arrow. Shoot okay. a 600 grain arrow. But what's that doing? That's reducing my speed though. Oh, if you're shooting a white tail and you hit a white tail with a wiffle ball, all right, at 100 miles an hour, is it going to knock that white tail over? Or if you shoot a bowling ball at 100 miles an hour, or a bowling ball at 50 miles an hour, is it going to knock that white tail over? Do you right. see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, I mean, white tail. Equals MC e- squared. Got exactly. it. Exactly. So that's really what it, but that's. <laughs> He's got it now. That, that's really what it boils down to. No, and I'm just, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate, but I think mm-hmm. that, that those are, I mean, those are real thoughts that you're like, you're, you're yeah. thinking about, right? So I, I think it's great tips. I'd love geeking out with you. Yeah. So. I like geeking out. It happens all right the time. Right <laughs> I like the deer in the headlights. So what else have we missed? Is there anything else like just big quickly that that we've missed? Yeah, budget fifty fifty dollars. Yeah, to find someone local to you that's reputable, maybe a pro shop pro shop owner, maybe someone like that who does lessons, and pay the hour to have somebody walk you through your setup. Make sure everything's set up. Make sure you're executing your shot correctly. Making sure you have a, a good understanding of your product. I will tell you. I'll tell you what. An hour's worth of a good coach or someone who cares time is worth more to your archery career than, the bow. than, Absolutely. than Money any well bow you sure. can spend on. I mean, you could spend a thousand dollars on a bow. That's your biggest purchase, right there. Yeah. Your most important. Your most important hour. purchase is that, that hour. Great. Exactly. Absolutely. Agreed. Great and and most every single pro shop, if you ask them when you buy a good bow, you buy your products, you you buy it all, and you and you ask them, say, hey. Now, who do I go see to learn how to shoot this well? They'll have a list of five or six people, or, or most of them have relationships with people where they're like, you know, this guy's good. He's, you know, you're a right. bow hunter. Go talk to this guy. Oh, you want to shoot target? Go talk to this guy. I mean, they're they're gonna get you with the right person. Almost every single pro. And shop if you're knows up beyond the years, Chris is your man for everything. That's probably yeah, Ashley, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that, that that's really the thing. Like, I mean, oh, as far and, as and, and, that, and that really, when it comes down to women, like, there's a lot of like. In, especially in the state of Michigan, there are a ton of qualified women who coach extremely well. I mean, there's been people that have come up to me asking about private lessons and stuff like that because I'm a well, level three coach. I can see that. The way that she talks to you, man, she kind of tells you what to do. <laughs> you should see her coach. It's scary. You guys, should, you guys should all get an hour with Ashley. Maybe not that. Shut up. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> wow. All right, guys. Well, <laughs> thanks for joining us on the podcast today. If you guys have any questions, make sure you send us some messages or tag us in the comments below. That way we can uh, hit you up for some answers. Maybe. And as always, give us a like. Give us a five-star because the Subscribe. more you rate, the better you rate us, the more content we can bring you. So And sign up for the patron for the special events that we have going on and special podcasts that we have because we have our best of 2018 coming up pretty soon, and that's going to be patron only.
So thanks for joining us on the Bowhunter Planet podcast. We'll see you next time. Take care. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bowhunter Planet. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.